Hi all, and thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Open House. We're on a mission to develop a new mental health experience for all, because we believe that you can truly experience life advancement without having to spend thousands of pounds on -on one-on-one therapy. We believe that happiness is coming home to yourself under the layers and layers of you that society has told you to be. If you love this episode today, please do share on social media and tag us at Open House Life, as well as tagging Dr. Tari and I. Now, into the episode, and it's a juicy one. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Open House Podcast with myself and the incredible Dr. Terry Mack. Today, we are discussing all things trust issues. And this is a topic that has been requested so many times since we have started this podcast. Today, we're going to be looking at trust issues through the vehicle of JLo and Ben Affleck, who, if you have not heard, have recently got engaged. So for anyone that doesn't know a lot about JLo's previous relationships, there's a lot to dig into there. In her last relationship with A-Rod, before she got back with Ben Affleck, there were a lot of issues around trust cheating and infidelity and she came out publicly to the press to say that there were a lot of trust issues that they were working on and that's a pretty big statement from JLo who I think usually keeps her cards very close to her chest in terms of media statements. So today we are going to be looking at how you can move through trust issues and how you can have an amazing healthy and flourishing relationship irrespective and irrelevant of what you've gone through in your past because we all pick up baggage along the way and often that will involve incidents that might cause your trust to waver so let's get in with the basic 101 question what are trust issues trust issues are basically when we have a hard time trusting that someone is going to honor us their relationship they're going to stay with us They're going to tell us the truth. They're not going to do things behind our back. And trust issues can come from childhood. That's a key part. That's a key way that people develop trust issues. If we didn't have adults and caretakers, parents in our lives that were trustworthy, then we learn that people can't be trusted, that in close relationships, trust is not a given. We can also develop trust issues based on our relationships in adulthood, romantic relationships, especially. So if we have trust issues, it's something we really need to be aware of, understand where they're coming from. And most of all, that awareness is going to keep us from sabotaging our romantic relationships, because what we're aware of, we can work on what we're not aware of creates damage and chaos. For me, when I think of trust issues, I basically just think of someone being worried that their partner is going to cheat on them. And that's potentially interesting, right? That maybe shows where my relationship history or journey has taken me. But what I've learned through talking with you is that trust issues can be about so many things. It can just be trusting that someone will show up or will speak their truth or will be there for you. And so taking that back to childhood, is it things such as A parent says that they're going to pick us up from school and they're not there or they repeatedly forget to do something for us or they promise us they'll take us to the park or to Disneyland and they never do. Those Mm. things sound so silly and really small, but can they sometimes set the foundations for trust issues? Potentially, if it's a pattern of behavior, those are really what set up our templates or a single traumatic event can also impact us in that same way. But in general, trust issues come from one or both parents who abandoned us. 
they weren't around or they were inconsistent. Like you said, they would make promises that they didn't keep consistently. So promising your kid that you're going to take them to Disney World and then not doing that, that's probably not going <laughs> to create an internalized trust issue. But it's a pattern of behavior over time where we learn we can't count on our parents or our caregivers to show up for us, to follow through on what they say, and to be consistent supports. The connection is not consistent. And our nervous system learns that. If there's not a stable connection with one or both caregivers, our nervous system, our brain takes that in and remembers that. And then we feel that way in all of our adult romantic relationships. So helpful, that piece around patterns. It's not one-off incidents, unless they're really traumatic that get stuck in our memory. But the pattern behavior of people around us, I guess as we're children, the patterns around us teach us what we expect all other adults to be like. So that's really interesting. Say that you have potentially learned um, or seen patterns of behavior from people around you, whether that's people letting you down, not being true to their word. Potentially there's some issue around a parent being unfaithful. I'm sure that you would internalize a great deal around that. How do you see trust issues showing up in a relationship? What does that look like? You know, anxiously attached people, we've talked about attachment on here before, Anxiously attached people have trust issues. That's essentially what anxious attachment means, that we don't feel safe and secure about our connection to somebody else. We always anticipate that it's going to go away. So somebody who developed these trust issues in childhood is going to be hypervigilant about what the other person is thinking, doing, if they're still feeling the same way about them, if they're telling the truth when they're not together. People with trust issues may develop codependent relationships because they only feel safe when they're with that person. It's hard for them to trust that when their partner is not with them, that he or she is still thinking about them, feeling connected to them and isn't going to do something to jeopardize the relationship. So there's a hypervigilance, there's an anxiety, there's often a clinginess. It's, there's not peace of mind. There's not a feeling of, oh, this is going great. I like this person. He or she seems to like me and I'm going to enjoy this. It's more like, when is this going to go away? As you were saying that, it was just bringing back a lot of sort of personal memories for me, which I think is interesting because I've never ever classified myself as having trust issues. And I think that's one of the reasons that we haven't got to this episode sooner is that I just felt like I don't have much to say on this. And then as we started episode planning and talking before the episode, it's made me realize that actually I do, or I have, I should say, I have had trust issues. And it brought up a couple of memories for me where if I didn't know where a boyfriend was, or if he went out with his friends and like stayed at someone's house, for example, the next day I'd be super anxious and I'd be like, what did he do last night? And this is even with two very reliable very respectful, kind, loving boyfriends. And they gave me no reason to ever not trust them. And I think it's really interesting to discuss how that sort of anxious attachment style can show up, even in really small ways, like being a bit needy, preferring to be with them, feeling a bit clingy. Mm -hmm. But what I would also say is that that was the me pre-starting therapy. And I look back at loads of things I've done in my life and I cringe. And I know we need to look backwards with self-compassion, but I look at the person that I was in my 20s, the poor 
boyfriends that had to put up with some of the things that I did. And I'm just like, wow, the fact that they did is crazy. But now I'm at the other side of over two years of therapy. I truly feel like I'm in a position where I can go into a relationship and not have that what are they doing? Why haven't they texted me back? And I guess that's what you're saying is that feeling safe in yourself means you feel safe in a relationship. So let's get into the point of discussing reassurance, because I think this is something that I personally, even though I didn't consider myself to have trust issues, I would need quite a lot of reassurance from Mm. outside of me. So how does reassurance tie into trust issues? Yeah. So those of us with trust issues, do seek a lot of reassurance, usually from our partner or from other people. And while it's okay to ask for that sometimes, because I want to say that if we are are somebody who struggles with trust issues, we need to choose someone who accepts that's part of the package we're bringing. It's not something we have to banish or get rid of because we can't do that anyway. So we can own it, but we can't look to the other person or the relationship as our source of reassurance only, because ultimately we need to do the healing work so that we can provide ourselves that reassurance. When we start to go down that fear-based road in our mind, we create all kinds of stories. We need to be able to bring our thoughts back to the present, soothe ourselves. We've talked about self-soothing before and how important that is. And again, I said, if you have trust issues, awareness is the first step. And then you can really learn, how do I learn how to soothe myself when those fears and those trust issues are popping up? Because they will. Before you're aware of them, you probably just act out or go and seek reassurance or act clingy or maybe even act crazy. (laughs) But once you're aware of the trust issues and you start doing the work, you understand that most of that is an inside job and you'll want to let the person you're dating know at some point, Hey, this is part of me. This is something I'm working. I I think there's a really interesting sliding scale, which is when you're not aware, you just instantly look outside of yourself for reassurance. Everything has to come from that other person. And then you find yourself when you start doing the work in this interesting middle ground where it's like, huh, I don't want to reach out because I know that they can't give me the answer, but also I'm not capable of giving myself the reassurance. And I mm-hmm. find that's where people go and lean into alcohol, cigarettes, food, whatever, to kind of numb those really uncomfortable feelings that we feel when we are fearful or need reassurance. And then I feel like the ideal end of the spectrum that we all want to get to, which is that, like you said, when those feelings come up, we can understand that self-soothing is not getting a pizza and lying on the sofa. And it's okay to do that from time to time, but you can't do that every time. It needs to come from inside of us. Maybe that's putting your hand on your chest and saying you are safe. This is history that's coming up and that's trying to talk right now, like you are safe, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So that awareness is critical. But I want to ask you, even with that awareness internally, is there ever a good reason not to trust someone? And how do you know if this is trust issues or whether it's like an actual problem in the relationship that your body is telling you you should be scared or fearful of because it's right? Yes. Oh, my God. We need to talk about this because, (laughs) yes, do you know how many women I've worked with who are like, oh, I have trust issues and I'm really working on it. And then they tell me more about the relationship. And I'm like, 
No, like you're clearly being lied to. You're clearly being manipulated. So there are legitimate reasons why sometimes our intuition, our gut is telling us, hey, something is off here. And over time, you'll get better at deciphering, is this my intuition or is this fear? Because intuition, gut feeling is not about fear. It's about wisdom. So once you start to tune into yourself and do the work, you'll get better at separating those things. But yes, if your partner is doing things that make you feel uncomfortable. And when you try to talk about those things, they get defensive. They blame you for having trust issues, which I'm saying in quotation marks, because sometimes that's used as a way to manipulate the situation and blame shift or gaslight. If your partner has cheated before or lied before, then it's probably going to be hard to trust them again. And we've talked about in a past episode, if you're dealing with trying to recover from infidelity in your relationship, there are very specific conditions that need to be happening in that relationship. But I want everybody listening to this to know just because you have trust issues doesn't mean there aren't reasons, legitimate reasons why maybe you're having trouble trusting someone you're with. And I also want to say that those of us who struggle with trust, oftentimes keep choosing the same type of untrustworthy person because of our unconscious attraction. We keep trying to work out this unmet need in childhood of of feeling safe and having somebody show up consistently for us by choosing someone who can't. And that's just the premise of unconscious attraction. As we start to heal, then we will no longer overlook those red flags. We'll trust ourselves to set better boundaries. We'll trust ourselves to say no when something starts to feel wrong or some, someone starts to be defensive. We won't tolerate that same BS that we've tolerated in our past relationships. And eventually we'll be with partners who are more trustworthy. Love that. So to anyone listening, if you want to go back and listen to the episodes around bad behavior, cheating, infidelity, things like that, you guys need to head back to episode 10 on Cardi B and Offset. Why do people cheat and the signs of people cheating? Episode 11, that is the unconscious attraction episode where we talk about why do we attract a certain type of person on repeat. Finally, episode 17 is looking at why we like a badly behaved partner. So back to today's episode, there are things here that you've said that I want to pick up on. You mentioned a partner perhaps previously cheating before the relationship. So I would love to get into that because I personally, if I find out that someone I'm dating has cheated in the past or cheats, has cheated on multiple girlfriends, it plants a seed in my head, which makes me feel like once a cheat, always a cheat, they're going to do this to me too. But on the flip side, I have cheated in a lot of my younger relationships and now I've done the work. I know that I won't do that in a future relationship. So I wanted to ask you for someone that feels like they have trust issues and they learn that a partner maybe has done something previously before meeting them. How do you handle that? How do you not let it just instantly build into a trust issue before the relationship's even begun? I think it depends on how the partner told you. Like if they said, this is something I wanted to let you know, because it's not something I'm proud of. That's kind of a mark in their favor because I didn't have to tell you that. But two, the most important thing is how do they talk about it? Because like you said, sometimes we have grown, we've done work, we come to understand ourselves better. 
And now we're different and we will do things differently. So if somebody's like, yeah, I cheated, I'm not proud of it, but the relationship wasn't good. That is not a sign that they've done any work and they understand why they made that choice and that they won't do it again. But if somebody says, yes, I cheated in that relationship, the relationship wasn't going well. And now I understand why I went outside of the relationship. I felt like I couldn't talk to my partner. I feel like I was totally checked out. And that's not something I ever would do again. So it's that self-awareness piece. It's the accountability piece. Do they take ownership of it? Are they aware of why they did it? Then if those two things are in place, I think you can feel pretty, pretty good about trusting that person. I agree totally, because I think what I've learned as I've done all the work and just developed as a person is that communication is everything. And it was interesting how you said it was nice of them to tell you because they didn't have to. And I think that shows how communicative and open and transparent I am now able to be is that I will, I would always tell my future partner that I wouldn't hide it. It's just a part of my story and my journey, but I would always premise it with, this is why I did it. This is what I wasn't aware of at the time. This is what I've learned since. And these are the reasons that I won't do it again. So you have nothing to worry about. And it feels like when you, and it actually made me feel a bit emotional just saying that there, because I feel like when we learn how to communicate with ourselves and with others, we can build a place of safety, which I just don't think we have when we're not communicating either with ourselves inwards or with another outwards. So I love that. And for it not to be, not to just be an instant red flag and the dating and the relationship, no. you can work through it. So that's one of my favorite parts of today's episode already. Mm. The second thing that I wanted to talk about was people feeling like they constantly attract people that cheat on them I wanted to ask you your thoughts on that like if trust issues are following someone around what is going on yeah it's unconscious attraction which we've talked about before and really what that comes down to is you need to take a look at yourself because if you continue to let people into your life that are not trustworthy that likely means that you need to have different boundaries healthier boundaries you probably need to work on speaking up about what feels good, what doesn't feel good, what, what you're going to tolerate, what you're not going to tolerate. You probably maybe need to stop making excuses for bad behavior and overlooking red flags. And I hear women all the time say to me, I didn't know, I didn't see anything. And then when we kind of break it down, there, there are always signs whether it's like a, a boundary push here or a little white lie here, there are patterns of behavior that we choose to overlook because we haven't yet done the certain work and healing that we need to do. So if you continue to find yourself in relationships that reinforce these trust issues there, you need to work on you. It is not going to be solved by waiting for somebody trustworthy to come along. They are not going to cross your path. And if they do, you won't trust them anyway. Ah, that is true. So (laughs) taking it back to JLo and Ben, something that I always find really interesting about their relationship is that 
I feel like she's gone back to safety after A-Rod. And the reason that I feel like that is sometimes I think when we're rattled by trust issues or infidelity, maybe we just want to sort of cling on to something that we know or that is familiar. Mm. But on that note, we can hope that J-Lo is doing the work. She has all the money in the world to be throwing at therapists and therapy, et cetera, et cetera. So my question for you is, it looks like J-Lo has found happiness after trust issues. And we really wish her well and hope that is exactly the case. Do you feel like people can ever really get over trust issues? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm a walking example of that. Talk about <laughs> somebody who like anxiously attached trust issues when you were talking about yourself in your 20s and what you put your boyfriends through. Oh my goodness. I was like that clingy, jealous, like girlfriend who couldn't trust. And that was because of a lack of trust within myself and a lack of connection and love to myself, I was so desperate to hold on to someone that I couldn't possibly let them out of my sight. So yes, for anyone listening who deals and struggles with trust issues, it's absolutely something you can heal. Trust issues do not have to be something that you experience forever, but you do have to lean into the discomfort of really looking at yourself and owning your behaviors Because a lot of times people with trust issues, they do crazy things. They check their partner's phone. They check their partner's email. They, and that kind of stuff is not okay. That's total boundary violation. And if you find yourself doing those things, you need to ask yourself why, because you're not showing up as your best. And if there is not trust in that relationship, you can't be your best self. Okay, I love what you say about people acting crazy because a girl on Instagram who follows us messaged me saying that she had a boyfriend at university that would make her sort of every time she was home from a night out, she would have to message him with a photo, but it would be crazy. It would be like, hold up a grapefruit. So it wasn't a picture from another time. And that for me was crazy. And I have nothing else to say on that other than just wanted to share that really funny anecdote. Cause I think that sometimes we normalize these things in our relationship and actually these things should not be normalized. And like you've said, and I'm so happy to hear that you are in such a healthy, happy relationship because that is exactly how it should be, but you're not lucky. You are in that relationship because you've done the work and you have attracted a lovely, healthy, beautiful man. So mm. for everyone listening, I really do believe that you can get over them as well. These things take time. And that's one of the things that I've learned from my therapy journey is things take longer than you expect to change. We also are dealing with rewiring of our brains. It's these things take time. So you definitely give me and everyone and hopefully JLo some hope that uh, these trust issues can be overcome. So I'd love to ask you, if this is you, if you're listening to this episode and you're like, oh my goodness, this is me, how should this person communicate this to someone that they're dating or in a relationship with? Let's look at it first from the perspective of you've just started to meet someone. How can you communicate some potential trust issues without sounding like a crazy person? It's such an important question because a lot of people feel like they have to hide it. They just got to play it cool. And you know what? That's not going to work for very long. Also, I love it when it's like, 
play it cool, but playing it cool actually means like sitting at home, literally panicking, checking everything, messaging your friends, going absolutely mental. Oh but on the outside, you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm cool. I don't care. But on the inside, you are having an actual mental breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And the thing is that I want listeners to understand is if you're someone who struggles with trust, the number one thing you need in a partner that's going to be able to love and accept you is someone that can invite those in. And that's more likely to happen if you own it, if you own it early on and you say, probably not on the first date, when you're getting closer to someone and if those trust issues come up, you can say, you know what, like something you need to know about me is because of things that have happened to me in the past, I have some trust issues, but I fully own them. And I'm working on them because I don't want them to cause any disruption in our connection or cause any issues in our relationship. But sometimes I might need a little bit of reassurance, even though I'm doing my own work to kind of reassure myself. And how do you feel about that? Just put it out there, own it. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't act like it's this huge, ugly thing because it's not. Everybody is going to have something. The person you're that you are dating is going to have his or her own stuff too. Just own it. Don't make the other person responsible. So you have to be there for me and you have to know this is yours. You're owning it. You're going to work on it. And the person that you're with should respond lovingly with curiosity about that, or at least like, yeah, that's fine. That's no big deal. That is so important. I just love this podcast and doing this with you because we normalize things when you're saying these things and when we're talking about it it's so natural and normal of course that's what we should be saying is hey look life shaped me to be a little bit like this but now I'm aware of it and I'm working on it sometimes it might show up and sometimes I might need a little bit of reassurance but I want you to know that this is mine I'm working on it and I just wanted to tell you like that's not a big deal to say that, right? No. We hide them, we pretend to be someone else and then, ex- then it explodes. Then it turns into a huge issue all because we just didn't have a pretty chill conversation to be like, yo, this is me. Like, and I'm working on it. Yeah, and it actually makes you a, an emotionally safe person. Wouldn't you love it if the person you were dating was open with you about what he's working on and that he has some self-awareness? Yeah. It'd make you feel so safe. Oh God, this guy knows himself. And he's aware of things. He's working on stuff that is so attractive. And the kind of person you want to be with is going to find that attractive. Anyone who's like, oh, yo, that's weird. Okay. They're probably not at your level emotionally in terms of like maturity and readiness. Oh, yeah. You're so right. And what about people who are already in relationships? So say they maybe didn't deal with these discussions when they were dating and now Mm -hmm. they're in the relationship or maybe they're even married. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with trust issues in longer term relationships? Because I personally feel like I would assume that they would decrease over time because you have the increase in commitment from your partner. But I understand that that's probably not actually how it works, right? Because if this is an issue within you, you're constantly worrying about what someone else is doing. So if trust issues are showing up in a mid or long-term relationship, where should you go? Can you deal with them on your own? Should you be dealing with them in therapy? What next? Again, I think you need to ask yourself the question, are these simply mine or is there something happening in the relationship because I do think over time if you're with somebody that is consistent and reliable and safe 
that's ultimately really helpful. But if you're with somebody who is not, then your trust issues are going to keep flaring up. So you have to be honest with yourself about the dynamics in the relationship. And beyond that, you have to have a conversation with your partner about, listen, this is mine. I have these trust issues for whatever reason I'm having trouble trusting or feeling safe or at peace. And hopefully your partner's open to talking with you about that. What can you both do? Because the other piece of it is anybody who is in a relationship wants to feel free. They need to feel free, right? If your trust is making somebody else feel controlled or smothered, that is not okay. It's not healthy. So the two of you will have to have a discussion and the therapist would probably help with this. Your partner might say, how can I feel like I can be myself and be free within the confines of a relationship and that your trust issues don't control me? And how can I help you feel safe? It's both people owning, how are we going to work together on this as a team? And if you're not with somebody who's willing to work together with you as a team, then it's not going to work. Just couldn't agree more about the teamwork. It's, it's an individual job. It's a one-on-one job with you and yourself, but a relationship is also about that teamwork piece. And I think that sometimes people just think that a relationship is all about the teamwork and you forget and lose that relationship with yourself. And ultimately yeah. it is both. You have to have a relationship with yourself and a relationship with another so I think that is the perfect time for us to wrap up thank you so much and for everyone listening Dr Terry and I are working on something incredibly exciting which will be coming very soon so if you want to be the first to know please do head over to thisisopenhouse.com and join our mailing list and if this episode resonated with you please do tag us on social media send us a message we love to share people's experiences so Dr. Terry, as ever, thank you so, so much. This was packed full of insanely helpful information. Can't wait to go deeper into it with you one day. And I love you lots. Bye. Bye. Hello, I'm Mark. And I'm Bethan. And we're the hosts of Seeing Red. We deliver intriguing, terrifying and dumbfounding true crime stories each and every week. With a focus on cases from the UK, we do occasionally venture overseas. We've covered everything from the mysterious death of professional footballer Emiliano Sala to the attempted murder of Victoria Cilias, a woman who fell from the sky and lived to tell the tale. Binge our bulging back catalogue and join us every Wednesday for a new episode of Seeing Red.